Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, number 87 on the year. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Love to shine the light on uh, some of the guys out there that are just underneath the podium, guys, and uh, getting they need some spotlight time. And so this is the show for that. Thank you, FXR Racing, designed by racers for racers. Uh, Justin Starling wears FXR Racing, and if you use the code PULPMX30, when you go to check out, you can save at fxrracing.com. Uh, uh, again, a great company, uh, fantastic supporter of privateers out there, including the man on the line right now. Thank you to Racetech as well. Uh, Racetech.com, Pulp19 is the code to save with those guys. Chris Blose, zombie Chris Blose, uses Racetech out there, as well as uh, Ben LeMay before he got the call up. Michael Lessie, Tyler Medallia up in Canada using Racetech. Uh, get your suspension service, get your motor done. Get your motor work done, and uh, yeah, they got a lot of things to offer for you people out there. So they'll dial you in just like they dial in a lot of the privateers in the sport. Uh, also, thanks to Namira, industry's leading top end repair kits offer everything you need to rebuild your top end at a price that will keep you riding every single weekend. No matter what your budget, from the race teams to the privateer garages, Namira has you and your wallet covered. They offer a full line of cast and forged pistons for every MX application you can think of. If you want to check them out, namira.com. Dot com n a m u r a dot com uh namira pistons are a cut above the rest so thanks to those guys for coming on board maxis tires as well uh maxis tires mxst uh catanzaro running uh mxst tires out there making main events in the 450 class developed by the king jeremy mcgrath uh, maxis tires from mountain biking to light trucks to uh trailers whatever it is maxis will have you covered thanks to those guys and also skosh their family-owned and operated company since 1980 they're a proud sponsor of the rockstar energy husqvarna team their products are inspired by a passion for cool vehicles, amazing sounds, the great outdoors, motorsports, horsepower, and voltage. Visit skosh.com, S-C-O-S-C-H-E.com. Use the code PULP25 at checkout to save 25% off. So PULP25 at skosh.com to save money uh, at Skosh. So thank you for uh, listening. And our guest uh, today, he's uh, always been a perennial top 10 guy in 250 class. He's been moonlighting in the 450 class this uh, year and doing pretty well at that. It's uh, Florida-based privateer Justin Starling. What's up, man? How are you? Yeah, man, another day. Just uh, honestly just getting ready for Vegas this weekend. Yeah, last one for you, right? Last one. What's uh, what's the summer plans? Uh, summer plans are right now. Um, my girlfriend's German, so I'm actually going to head over there the weekend after Vegas, uh, spend some time in Europe, um, and then, yeah, plans to race a couple of German nationals. Uh, it's called the German Master Series. Yep. Uh, just two of those last year and had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's the same team that I rode for in the Supercross stuff over there, and so it's, it's really uh, like a good fit for me to go over there and have some fun. And then um, yep. plans actually to race, I think, uh, four or five nationals here in the States. Okay. And, um, yeah, just full privateer. Just just go because my team, Gas Monk Energy, AJ Motorsports, is Supercross only. So Right. Pretty much, yeah, on our on our own when the summer comes around. So, but I want to uh, I want to get a low number for next year. So I think the best thing I can do is go race outdoors where you get two chances per weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, Bowers was telling me about getting the low number too. He really wants to get a top ten. It'll be tough for him, but you know he said he's going to do nationals. He wants to get a number. I'm like, wow, okay, all right. So yeah, I think it's smart for sure. Um, all right, hey, so. By the way, for doing this podcast, our buddies at Skosh are going to send you something. I don't know what, but they're going to send you something. So, Skosh.com. You know, it's funny. I, uh, so, I just drove to MetLife this past weekend, 15 hours there, 15 hours back, and the whole time I just listened to your podcast and Privateer Islands, all of it. And I heard, I was listening to Bowers, so I always like listening to Bowers talk. 
and I heard that he was getting something. I'm like, man, it'd be so cool to get the call to do this. And then you called me, and I was like, I really hope I get something from those guys. <laughs> yeah, no, you will. Scotch will get you something. I don't know what or when, but some sort of privateer thing. So uh, thanks to oh. those guys for making it happen, for sure. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, hey, so uh, let's talk a little bit about 450s first. Um, by the way, Pulpamex Fantasy, you absolutely been killing it for your quote-unquote owners. I'm sure you hear that at the track, but you've been doing a good job for Pulpamex Fantasy owners. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I wanted to ride the 450 this year. I rode the, the 450 class the past couple of years, but on a 250, um, just had a goal of, of racing or making the main on it and just being like one of those guys that had done that. And once I did that in Tampa last year, I figured, you know what, it's time to jump on the 450. And, yeah, I haven't missed the main yet. So I was like, all right, well, it definitely shows that I can make it on the 450. Um, but, yeah, I hear the pulp thing all the time. It's uh, I, I actually enjoy it. Um, I try not to listen to your – who's going to be the lead lock of the week thing just because <laughs> I don't want to have pressure. Um, so on the drive home, I actually heard that I was like kind of the lead lock for, for MetLife. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I think the 450 is a good bike for me. And then, yeah, the pole thing on top of that though, is really funny because even I had a, a guy help me this weekend, Andrew flood, and he plays pole fantasy huge. And he was like, Hey, on the gate of the heat race, like, just so you know, you, uh, I picked you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> awesome. Here we go, you know, and but luckily I was able to put it in the main. And he came off the check. He's like, "I'm more excited that you're in the main for my pulp thing than I am that you just made the main." So <laughs> yeah, I, I hear it. I hear it every week. Uh, messages on Instagram, Facebook, something about you know, thank you so much, or man, what happened? And I'm just like, man, I'm just out here trying to do my job. But like, I understand the the pulp thing's pretty big. Yeah. the 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 worst thing is the guys who go off on riders who don't do that well, like, I hate that. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, you're pissed. You know, they, they, you know, Jace Owen this week just rode off the track. I get all that. But just stop it with listeners with, with um, con- you know, sending the riders hate messages. That's bullshit. I've had a few that were Yeah, like- I think you told me on – we had a DM on Instagram. You showed me, I think – I think it was yeah, brutal. And I was kind of like, man, really? You know, like, like, really? Like, you don't think we're out here trying to make a living and, like, we don't – I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't care how people do in fantasy. Like, that's not my job. Yeah. But if I help you, cool, man. That's really awesome. But if I don't, I don't care, you know? Like, I remember one of them, like, even Truman had to step in and was like, hey, stop, you know? And yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, like, can you stop? <laughs> like, please. Yeah, like, I, again, like, yeah, I just, can you imagine, like, what Tom Brady or, or those guys get? Like, good God, right? Like. I can't even imagine. Uh, I couldn't, I'm just, I'm just like a, you know, a guy that's just on the top, inside the top 10 in the 250 West Coast, and I get messages, and I can only imagine what it's like for even the, the, the factory top guys. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? So, um, hey, uh, so 450s, is it like Blos where the team gives you uh, some stuff, what they can to help you out, but basically you're on your own for expenses? Yeah, I mean, so kind of um, on on the East Coast, uh, I actually kind of didn't want any sponsors to help me with it just because I didn't know really what rounds I would do. And I okay. didn't want to commit something that, you know, like I couldn't fulfill, you know, yep. where Blos was putting his bike on a rig and was going and, and my bike was at home. So I had to drive it. So just say if something happened, I didn't want to have that commitment. Um, so I was, I was pretty much completely on my own. Uh, actually, Premium Motors did help me with my last entry fee for MetLife. Okay. Okay. Uh, but like fuel and all that, that that was all on me. And um, but yeah, when it comes to like the team helping us out, like yeah, we got a couple parts, like some filters and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but that. But they are they are a two fifty team only. It's a skydive plane that just flew right over me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I live right next to like the biggest skydive capital of the world in the land here. So yeah, it just flew right over. Yeah, no worries. Um, but, 
Yeah, we're, we're pretty much on our own. Um, Blos, yeah, obviously he flies in with a mechanic. I drive up without yep. a mechanic. Right. So uh, it's a little bit different, um, but basically we're, we're like 95% on our own. Mm-hmm. Blos had to help with some sponsors, but that was just because he was committed to doing all of them. Uh, so the bike, the just, bike is yours. The, the the 450 that I rode, yes, that is my personal. So motorcycle. you could have ridden another brand on the 450s. Not that you would have. Not that that's smart, but you could have. I could have. Yeah. 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 Like I, I ran some different handlebars. Um, I did run some different filters, some chain sprockets. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Even we um, that were my own personal sponsors that like mm-hmm. I've been loyal to. Right. Uh, and then even one round, I, I wore 100% goggles, just um, doing like a testing for Kuzo. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Like. We're pretty much on our own when it comes to the East Coast, and yep. I did three of them just mainly because that's what you have to do. Otherwise, you got to pay a thousand dollars for the FIM license. Um, Wait, so what? I did, what? What? I don't know any. What are you talking about? You have to do three of them. Yeah. So you either so if you ride a 250 West or East uh, Coast mm-hmm. for the license, when you ride a Premier Class and it's FIM because 250 is not FIM, right? Uh, if you race one race, uh, the AMA or Feld will cover your license. If you race three, or if you race two, you have to race at least three for them to cover it. So if you race one, you're fine. If you race two, you have to do one more. I, Otherwise, you can pay a thousand. It's like a thousand yeah. forty or something. I, I didn't know any of this. I, I like to think I've been around a while. I, I, news to me. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. We didn't know it until after Nashville, and we were like, "Oh, we got to go to MetLife." <laughs> so, yeah. So we were like, "Well, we're going to MetLife." Right. So, yeah. Um. Okay. So. If you've listened to the show, you know what's coming next for, for my speech for you. Um, look, you got a team. I get it. Uh, the Gas Monkey guys have done well for you and uh, and all of that. But you you can put it in a 450-man event pretty much you know, on the regular or, or very close to it. Um, and the money is so much better in 450s. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, a guy like you, like – did you did you think you just want to just jump to the four fifties full time and do it yourself, or is it just the team is so much better to have that? Um, so I am a salaried rider on the two fifty class, so I don't like like I, I don't consider myself a privateer whatsoever on that coast. Um, I mean, I have this semi, I have everything. Uh, I'm yep. getting paid to race motorcycle. Um, so yeah, like that's that's definitely a plus. I I and then this is my seventh year, I believe. Um, Riding the 250, um, I feel like I'm just now, I think with age, honestly, I'm getting better. Uh-huh. Uh, and I believe that with Blows as well. Like, we're just getting better. Um, and, like, yeah, I want to race the 450. Like, that is, that is ideal. Like, even today we've been pondering, like, just what, what do we do to ride it um, full time? I mean, my seventh and eighth in the last two 250 rounds combined was $300 less than my 17th this past week. <laughs> exactly. You exactly. Know? Like you look at that and you're just like, oh, like wow, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Then I also found out that if you top twenty of the points, there's another bonus. Yep. So yeah. believe me, Alex Ray is all over this fact. Yes. He is yeah, all over yeah, this. yeah. Because I thought he's like twentieth. So I'm like, man, like I can really. I mean, if you make every single main event and get last in the 450 class, you make 34 grand. Yep. If you make every single main event and get last in the 250, you make like 7,800 dollars. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I, it's not just a little difference. It is a ton. It is a drastic difference. So, I mean, like, when I sit here and I see privateers trying to send it on the 250, I'm like, you guys are dumb. Yeah. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, obviously, you have someone paying for your stuff or mommy and daddy paying for it or wow. something because, like, don't ride the 250. You're not going to make money. No, and also, let's face it, the 450 class, especially by now, round 16, it's weaker than the 250 it's class. 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 You know, That's it's easy. We're, yeah. we're like, dude, we can put it in easy here. Yeah. No, um, 
the field weakens up. Yeah, so I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, look, like Mitch Payton's not calling you, 250 guy. Like, you're not, you're not getting the call from Geico Honda. It is time right. to start making money, in my opinion. It is time to start looking at like yeah, a business. Ask Funky and AJ Motorsports, like, I would no way would I ride a 250. Right. Like, I right. wouldn't even consider it. Like, 450, man, you just got to put a good chassis together. So spend a little bit of money on a good set of suspension. Um, get a good ECU setting. I've been running a, uh, I've been running a get ECU um, from Dan. Thank you for, for that. He actually helped me out with that. Um, but I've been just running pump gas, you know? Yeah. Like, so yeah. I'm, what, 15 bucks a weekend on fuel? Maybe it's that. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I just go out and ride it. You don't need anything crazy. You just need a bike that has a good chassis and the thing's fast enough to go. But, uh, yeah, if you're here, 450. How, always much, ride how much do you weigh? Uh, one fifty five. Oh, okay. I thought you'd be a bit heavier, to be honest, because I was going to ask you about the the difference in in uh, you know, kind of trying to get stuff, trying to get over stuff on a two fifty versus a four fifty. But um, as far as the classes go, uh, obviously two fifty guys younger, more aggressive. They lose their minds. Four fifty guys a little bit less aggressive. Do you prefer one or the other, or was it a big change? Let's say your first four fifty was Daytona, right? Um, yeah. Maybe let's because Daytona is a different track. So let's go to like a regular Supercross. How much different is 450 class for you than doing 250s? I, the the one thing I always talk about is I love the first lap on a 450 because everyone is not cross jumping and going insane. <laughs> and, and especially when it comes to the triple, like I like yeah. if I don't get it on the 250. I'm like, oh man, like I'm going to the edge of the track and I'm either rolling this thing or I'm going around it, like or something, you know? Because I just know someone's gonna just bonsai and jump the thing. Yep. And on the 450, everyone holds their line and jumps straight because they're a little bit older and they, yeah. they're like, we don't want to hurt. You know, we're not dumb. Yeah. We're in the line class. You have, you know, 18 to 20-year-olds that are just, you know, crazy testosterone. Just like, we're going to send this thing right now because Mitch Payton's watching. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, whoa, dude. Okay, he doesn't care. You know, like, yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. So, I personally like the 450 class more. Um, just in general, I do. I, I definitely feel like I'm more of a 450 guy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even the three rounds that I did, uh, I felt like I didn't put 100% into my riding. It was more just like, just get through here safe and get ready for the next weekend on the 250. Yep. Um, yep. And that was just my focus just because I started the year injured and, and I had to, I'm, I'm having to rebuild myself in a way. So it's the 250 class right now to me is extremely important because Vegas could be my last 250 race ever. So I want to make sure I finish that season, you know, as strong as I possibly can. So it's been more like just get through the week and get some starts, you know, get some laps in, yeah. you know, make well, some money and then go. Yeah, well, let's talk about your season a little bit. Like you said, you came in. Did you miss Anaheim one or did you – Was oh, is that the one you crashed out in practice? Yeah, in, so right. Anaheim, I went into Anaheim one feeling amazing. Like uh-huh. I did one free practice and i jumped to like second on the board yeah it didn't hold but like i was okay like, hey, speeds there right um this was there i ended up making a really dumb crash that i don't even know i looped out honestly like i straight up looped out off the back of my bike and right. i don't think i've ever um and it was in just the rhythm and yep. i landed on my back like on the side of the jump and actually tore like 80 percent or something of my muscle off of my abdomen so it was literally like breaking all the ribs, but like three times worse pain because yeah. there was literally just nothing I could do. Um, so that was pretty much the end of it for me. That was first time practice. Um, I tried to go out for the heat, and after a lap, I was like, I can't even move my body. Like, yeah, they, they, had, they stretched you off, right? No, uh, yeah. Well, I, was, I wasn't I was stretched off. I sat up okay. on, the, on the cart. but Yeah, it was, it was like, a pretty good one, right? 
I couldn't even walk. Like it was literally the worst pain that I had ever felt in my stomach. I literally it was it was horrible. Uh-huh. Um, and then what sucked is the next day I ended up getting the flu really bad. Um, <laughs> so then I couldn't even really fix it because I couldn't take a whole lot of me- medicine because of my stomach. So I went to Phoenix, was able to ride, was not even close to 100%. I think I got like 14th or something. It was really bad. Um, then Anaheim 2 was a triple crown. That wasn't even any good either. I made it, but it was just, yep. I think I got like 16th. Yep. Uh, to go to Oakland, I actually got to ride two days that week. And I was like, man, I'm feeling kind of back to myself. First lap is free practice. I cartwheeled in the whoops. And I was just like, dude, what is going on? Oh, yeah, right I remember now? that. Yes, I remember that. Your bike, I, I, I remember your bike I, laying there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Like, I need to, like, relax. First time practice, I'm feeling good. There was two seconds left. I decided to try to throw one more lap down. And uh, Cameron McAdoo full-on rammed it right behind me <laughs> into the back of me. And I ended up going into the wall and breaking my wrist. And I was just like, dude, I don't know. Like, I at this point, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. So it was kind of at the point. And, it, and also, there was nothing to Cameron. He actually came up and apologized to me, even in Atlanta. It was just a he, – he crashed, and it happened. I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He, uh, he does uh, send it. He, he, he might be the he, Alex Ray of the 250 class. <laughs> yeah, he sent it, and, and he explained to me what he did, and I was like, well, why did you even try that? Like, what, what, was, what were you thinking? He goes, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. that's fine. No, Whatever. that's fine, yeah. But I ended up just going back to Florida, man, and, and just kind of just trying to hit the reset button, and then ever since I got back on the bike, which was the Thursday before Atlanta, I rode a little bit of outdoors, mm-hmm. went to race Atlanta. I didn't make the main there, but I was like, I ran the fastest lap time of the LTQ, and my wrist was, it was hurting pretty bad. Have, I'm wearing a wrist brace on it. Um, but it was still, I wasn't released to ride yet. I was just like, let's just go try to ride. You right. know, like, what do we, what do we have to lose? And, uh, ever since then, man, the next weekend in Daytona, I made the main and then I've gotten three top tens in a row. And yeah. I think honestly it was, it, I look back on it now and I'm like, man, maybe the breaking my wrist was something I needed. Um, as weird as that sounds, but you know, I've, I've gone four or five years without an injury, but my results have been the same. I'm mm-hmm. somewhere between 11 and 15. Uh, with I got a fifth in Seattle, but that was a mud race, you know, whatever. But I, I, I've been in the same position in the same spot, so I think the risk breaking it was it was a good thing. Looking back on it, to where I was able to mm-hmm. to start over, uh, kind of recharge the batteries, realize what I need to work on, and yeah, I've made three, four, fifty mains, uh, two out of the heats, one out of the LCQ, and yeah three top tens in a row in the 250 class and even a seventh at a triple crown and i've never even gotten close to, i think a top 15 at one of those right so so yeah, when, looking back it was a blessing so a when you say that it might be your last 250 round this weekend in vegas is that because you may just want to get a ride or do something 450 wise next year yeah i mean i i obviously i'm i'm in talks with the, my team for for signing for my third year mm-hmm. um that's definitely an option there uh and i and honestly i'm not opposed to it at all like it's it's the same thing for me riding the 450 right um the same want to i guess you could say um but the uh the 450 man i i uh i'm getting a little bit uh a little bit older i'll be 27 in march next year mm-hmm. so it's like you know like do I go and I have an I have an opportunity um, to ride the 450 um, and have good support and it wouldn't be privateer but it'd be you know something yeah. to where I'm you know I'm, I'm flying to the races and I have yeah. bikes and I have yeah. bikes yeah so I'm like you know do I do I just go ahead and take it or do I now I've gotten three top tens in a row and 
and do I try to just make next year 250 like no. a great? No, you don't. No, you, you if somebody's going to give you an expenses paid 250 ride where you get contingency, uh, you get purse money, um, maybe you get some bonuses, then that's what you do. That's what I'm thinking too. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like it, I, I really want to do it. I, uh, right. The only thing I can tell you right now is I'm, I want to race Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, well, you might have to miss Dortmund. You might miss Dortmund, dude. <laughs> See, I, I, or this, I guess you could say this year I was three points behind Bowers going into Dortmund. And he won the championship and made buku money. And yeah. I went to Phoenix and made a thousand. And I was like, well, <laughs> I messed up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see, um, Wait, I thought it was Cole uh, Martinez that was he was battling with. You were right there too? Uh, I was fourth. Bowers was third. LaFrancois was second. And Martinez was winning. Oh, okay. All Austin right. had an issue the last night, uh, just terrible luck, but that's German racing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then that happened. Uh, LaFrancois was just mediocre, I believe, that weekend. Um, and then, yeah, I was fourth, just three points behind Bowers. And, you know, I could have gotten maybe a podium, you know, out of that and made right. some good money. Um, yeah, you might have to miss Dortmund if they have if they get you a ride, if you get that ride. So, for sure. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I don't know yet, man. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's still, lots of, still lots to think about. Um, your Gas Monkey team, it's interesting. Blos has had a, a nice rebound year. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say rebound because he's been at Arena Cross, so it wasn't like he was, wasn't doing it yeah, well. But, but back here. What's that? Is that a good coming back? Yeah, yeah, very much, very good. And uh, and Mario is interesting. We saw him pull whole shots last summer, and you know he's probably better outdoor guy than indoor guy. But he just had his career best ride in Denver, and of course yep. you're a veteran guy. You know you're going to get steady results and good results for a team. I like that team. It's interesting to me. All three of you guys are different points in your career, and you have different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like. Uh... Like, Blos has been a very amazing asset to the team. Uh, zombie Chris Blos does not quit, as you can tell. No, dude, I cannot uh, believe that he got up from that. I cannot believe it. I, I, so I was, like, somewhat behind him. Like, I was, I was right behind Hampshire. Well, maybe, like, two seconds behind Hampshire, but I was close enough to where I saw him go flying. Yeah. And, and I obviously came through that rhythm section, and I just saw him, and I'm like, yep, he's done. Like, he's definitely <laughs> Right, yeah, he's, he's dead. Oh, yeah. Hurt. And next lap, I come around, I jump the triple, and he's rolling, getting ready to get back on the track. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, there's no way. I'm not kidding you. I looked back with probably three laps to go, and he's running me down. And I'm like, there's, there's no way. Like, yeah. this, this isn't happening right now. Dude, he full on last lap passed me. Yeah. He's, like, he was he, aggressive. He made his move. He jumped into the inside and passed me. And I was like, dude, you can have it because you're still a lap down from me. Yeah. But I'm just like, this yeah. dude is animal he's and zombie to- zombie chris blows he was a zombie he didn't even know where he was it was incredible yeah he gets get back to the rig and i walk in and the first thing i said i'm like dude are you okay and he goes yeah i'm fine just pissed <laughs> i was like how are you alive like yeah. i don't understand how you're alive yeah but uh but yeah interesting team there veteran sort of team and uh you know making a presence i like the way the look is the gear the bikes everything else it's 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 an interesting team for a guy like me to look at yeah, the, the team's great. Um, I mean, it's my second year with the team. Now we have the title sponsor of Gas Monkey coming on board, and I feel like that's brought a lot of attention to the team. Um, we have the same design with the graphics and everything as last year, and I think it looked really good. So they kept the same scheme. We have gray frames, which I think is really cool. Um, I mean, if you come by our pit and you look at it, we have everything that the factory teams have. Right. You know, and I mean, we have Star Racing uh, semi from years past, so it's uh-huh. an amazing semi and. And Tony's even put a lot of work into the thing to make it even better. 
But, yeah, our team's great, man. Like, I have Blake McCarthy as my mechanic, and I, I honestly couldn't ask for anything more. That guy is – he makes sure that we have everything we need to go racing, and I feel like a lot of my results has to do because of what he brings to the table for me where mm-hmm. I have no stress on the weekend. Like, right. it's just like he, I know that bike is 110%. So, yeah, it's been it's been a great, great year for the whole team. Um, obviously, I've been injured for a bit of it, and then so has Miriam. But as a whole, the team has been amazing. Uh, we have Keith, Eric, you know, Dustin, uh, our motor guy, Nate, uh, at Scott MX has made our motors unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They're not just crazy rocket ships, but yep. they're usable power. And that is to me so much more important. And obviously we can get starts. Blows has gotten a whole shot. I've started second a few times. Yeah. My starts recently have been amazing. Um, so really at the end of the day, like we have everything that you need besides, I think just like the huge factory salaries. Yeah. Uh, but we are getting paid. So at the end of the day, like we're, yeah. I'm on a situation that I, I'm completely blessed to have. That's actually, I'm surprised that you're collecting a salary. That's awesome. Good job for that team and and, and everything. You know, that's good for yeah. for teams like that. Um, how's the FXR gear? How do you like the look? I, I think it's strong. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of it. Um, the pants, I can tell you right now, I do not wear through them at all. Like they they yeah. hold up very well. Uh, they fit really well. They're not like baggy. They're not too snug. Mm-hmm. Uh, our jerseys are our custom size, so like they're kind of tailored to each and every one of us. Yep. Uh, but man, they're they're perfect. And then Andy over there and, and uh, Carson have been perfect. And even we have Cade come through. Every yeah, that's that's the worst part of FXR is that 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 gear guy just terrible, just terrible. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. But I like Cade. <laughs> no, I'm I, kidding. I like, it's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah, everyone everyone takes really good care of us there. We, we're never getting to the race and not having our gear. It's at the rig before the rig even leaves for the race. So, yeah, things have been amazing with them. So I'm yeah super thankful to have those guys on board. Uh, Justin Starling on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, number 87, brought to you by Skosh, Maxis, and Namira Technologies. Um, so you mentioned earlier, German girlfriend. Uh, I'm imagine, I, I guess you met her when you were over there for that series at some point? Yeah, so I've been yep. racing in Germany for 10 years now. Um, I've been going there for a long time. And, um, yeah, just we kind of met just a mutual friends. Um, How's her English? How's her English? Amazing, actually. It's, okay. like, it's completely – yeah, no, she she has no – she has an accent, but, it's yeah. like, her English is better than I would think some of the people that we are having over here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, she's perfect, fluent. There's even words that I'll say that are kind of big for her, and I don't think that she'd understand it. And right. she – like, yeah, it's – she says that she's been, you know, speaking English since she was, I don't know, like eight or nine or something right. over there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a fluent, fluent language, language for her. So dude, as cool. far as the language itself, German is hard to pick up. It is so hard to pick up. You can get Spanish, you can get Italian, Belgium stuff is not bad. But, but for me to try to listen to a German talk, I don't know what they're saying. It's so hard. <laughs> I, I struggle. Yeah. Um, I go over there for a little bit, like the first few days. I'm sitting there, like at dinner with her and her family, and. And I'm just like, yep, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I'm just going to sit here and look at my food and eat it. Yeah. Um, but once I'm there for a few weeks, uh, she obviously is teaching me. Yep. Um, it's hard for me to like, so when I'm like here right now, like right now, I don't really remember anything. Right. Because I've been back for, you know, four months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when she was here, she spoke English the whole time. So it's it's a little bit difficult for me. Um, but when I'm there for a few weeks, I, I get it picked up pretty quick and I can go to, you know, I can drive around and go to a restaurant and order food and I'm not sitting there struggling on what I'm ordering. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, when I just listen to her talk to someone else, I'm just like, yep, I got nothing. I don't know what you're saying. 
<laughs> do you see like uh, you going there or her coming here? Is it that serious? Or what, what's the plans like? I mean, obviously, I don't, you know, I don't know if you know for sure, but what what do you see happening with this relationship? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, she's the one, so that's going to be my future for sure. Um, I'm not sure, really. It kind of just depends, I guess, on what I, I end up doing here um, with making it decide, deciding really if you know what I want to do right. with the aspect of it. Right. Uh, for sure, I'm going to be racing a few more years here. Like that's a guaranteed. Yep. Um, I'll still be racing there, but it actually works out really well because she's a professional rainer on horses, so. Her season starts in the summer, and that's what I do is I go to Germany in the summer. Oh, okay. Um, her off season is during Supercross here, so she'll come here. You know, so oh, it, okay. it works out really well. Um, I have my house here and everything, so it's not like it's a it's a struggle. And then she has her place there. So right. okay, so um, how was she in the moto? Like, how'd you meet her that way? Uh, so her brother and her dad used to ride. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, she just made some friends with, you know, people with that race and, and all that. And, and obviously I've been going, like I said, to yeah. Germany for 10 years. Right. Uh, so I have made quite a few, you know, European friends. Yeah. And it's just kind of a mutual thing. And um, we kind of got in touch and, and we talked a little bit. But, you know, it's just kind of like talking here and there. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, then I just was like, hey, I'm coming over to uh, to race Swartacross. In the Netherlands, I know it's like an hour and a half or something from your house. Like, why don't you come hang out? Um, and we can kind of, like, you know, see where this can go. And uh, we were kind of talking pretty serious before that. But, you know, and uh, she came. I was supposed to stay for six days. I ended up staying for a month. Uh, I was going to <laughs> her, and I ended up racing in Italy with uh, Angela Pellegrini and Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, been racing some German nationals. And then, yeah, I started going back and forth. And, yeah, we were going to be together for 10 months, 10 months on the 18th. So. Wow. Um yeah. Hey, uh, so, so uh, I'm going for a mountain bike ride after this podcast. So my buddy Chris Kiefer is here. Um, Are you going on your bike? What's that? You going on your e-bike? Yeah, I go e-bike live, of course. But so he heard me. He heard me talking to you, Justin, about this. And, and Kiefer, welcome to the show. Hi, Justin. Um, hey, so, Kiefer. Uh, he, he, all I heard was relationship, and I perked up like a little gopher coming I, out of a hole. Like, my home life is perfect. Are we sure though? Because it's long distance. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm telling you. All like, right. Yeah, it's a little bit long distance. She was here for three months at Supercross. Uh, she was she she kept me from completely dis- disintegrating <laughs> myself when I was injured. Yeah. You know, mentally. Right. Uh, and then yeah, it's it's a little bit distance right now. She's she's starting her season. Um, but I can tell you right now, when it comes to support, I couldn't ask for anything more. So my home life is perfect, and I I, I say this all the time because she she listens to the podcast as well with me. And uh, we've talked about the home life thing and everything. And uh, and I tell her, I'm like, look, like, I'm getting these results for a reason. You know, like, yeah, I'm working hard, but right. my home life is perfect. Right. So that helps. So when you have a solid chick, you don't have to, I mean, it's hard on long distance, right? Because you have to have trust never in that person. Never mind long distance, uh, time change, too. Like, like never yeah. mind, like, New York to L.A., oh. three hours, but, you know, starting. And, yeah. and not even not even to, to mess around. You're a young male that has certain needs and and. When you don't get those oh, needs, here we, here we go. Here no, we. I'm saying it's 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 a struggle on both sides. That's a, that's a big commitment, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But uh, you know, I'll see her in just over a week from now. Okay, um, so that's not bad. You know, I'm a I'm a very committed type of person, and uh, yeah, you don't see me going out or anything like that either. I I go to the race. I fly in as late as I possibly can. Uh, go to the race. Go, you know, find some food after. Go to go to sleep and then fly home. That's uh, and after the race in MetLife, I started driving home like immediately. Wow! So, so you, yeah, guys, you guys are ten months in. Ten ten months in, yeah. Nice. And how old is she again? 
She's 23. Okay. Yeah, women grow up faster than we do. I think it took me a long time, like late 20s. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's a, she's an amazing woman. And, yeah, she's got my back 110%. And, uh, yeah, like I said, my, my home life is couldn't, couldn't be better. And, yeah, I'm going to throw a ring on that thing here soon. Hey, I'm a big cycling fan. I know you are, too. I know you trained with Tommy D at one point. Um, yep. Do you are you still in contact with him? Do you talk with him at all? I don't know what this means. What do you mean? Who are you talking? So Tommy Danielson was a oh, Tour Tom de France. I've heard of that name. Tour okay. de France rider, and, I, I, I and he has camps. Okay. And yeah. Justin was a part of that, I think, right? Yeah. Yes, I was. Well, no, none of his camps like in Tucson. Um, just his stuff in Colorado. I was going every day with him. And do you still? Are you still? How did that help you on the dirt bike, so to speak? Did he have mental strength for you as well? Like, like some he taught you some things. Yeah, so it was actually the weirdest way that I've ever met him. Uh, I was doing a lot of cycling in Colorado. Uh, my ex lived out there, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go stay in Colorado for the summer and try something new with training. I'm a huge cyclist, so I was like, this is perfect. You know, it's an amazing place to cycle. Uh, I was on a road ride one day just by myself, and I looked back and saw this group that I was like, oh, my God, this group is going to just, you know, eat me alive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden I looked back again and didn't see him. But I was like, you know, I'm, I was using Strav at the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to look on that segment uh, and see if I can find who's gone through it. I look at it, and I already obviously knew who Tom Danielson was with, with uh, Barsha going to Tucson and doing camps with him and, and all that. Uh, I found his Strava that he had gone through. And I'm like, dude, that was Danielson. I sent him a message immediately. We, the next day we got coffee together, and I trained with him for two years. Wow. Um, it was really good. Me being in Colorado, it was perfect. Um, but the hard thing for me was when I would come back to Florida, uh, a lot of his, you know, rides that he would give me in my training program would have, you know, climbing and such in it. And Florida, man. It, You're like, we don't have that, bro. We got a, we got an on-ramp or off-ramp. That's what we got, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can climb 300 feet and, you know, 100 miles, you know. So I was like, well, that so, yeah, we still actually stay in contact. Um, even last year over the summer, I'm still was running his logos um, and all that, and I still I still do it now. Uh, he's been a huge asset to me, and uh, I think I've learned a lot with the training. And then also I thought I was a really good cyclist until I started cycling with him. Right. And there was things that I didn't know. You know, with with keeping your your heels down and, and stuff like that, I didn't I didn't know that stuff. You know, or even the feeding during the cycling, or when to drink, or and also I was loved watching Tour de France, but I didn't know when the right time to do like a sprint was or how to climb. I didn't know this stuff. So going with him, I was able to learn a lot about something I'm very passionate about. Um, but also he taught me a lot with you know expanding my lungs and how to train and and how to peak. And yeah, I think it's paying off now. Um, you know, there's people I talk to in the cycling community that were like, yeah, uh, Lance's thing. Yeah, no shit. Was Danielson the same way, like, with you, with that kind of stuff, when it all came to, like, how so many guys were doping and how so many guys got caught and Lance finally admitted it and all. Like, was he saying the same kind of stuff? We we didn't really speak much about the doping stuff um, just because he has been caught yep. before, um, I think a few times. Okay. Uh, or I think two times or something like that. I know he got caught um, once. I remember that. It was in the news. It was a big deal for him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to say it was twice, but I could be wrong on that. And if yeah. I am, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, we didn't speak much about it. I just told him, like, from the beginning, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to take anything. You know, like, that, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm not going to do. Uh, I'm very paranoid about it. Like, I I, I drink water. I drink uh, mind effects and stuff like that. And even then, I'm still paranoid. You right, know, like, right. it's just, like you look at Tickle, you know, and it's just like, damn, dude. 
Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, so it's, uh, I, that was one thing I told him that I was, wasn't going to take anything at all. Um, you know, I was going to eat healthy and do what I needed to do, but when it came to, you know, pills or something, like even if it was just like an endurance pill or something, I wasn't doing it. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I I just heard relationship. I perked up. I wanted to come over and talk about it, and make sure everything was okay. <laughs> okay, everything's that's fine. That's all I heard. Yeah, right. And I want to make sure okay. we're all good. All right. Because I feel like he's yeah. riding good. Like, for me, I don't know Justin that well. I've seen him ride the past couple years, and I've seen his amateur career a little bit. And to me, the last two years, you've really blossomed. Like, I feel like you've got a lot better in the last two he years. He says being older. He said earlier that getting older has helped yeah. him in his racing. Yeah. Being yeah, more mature. I, I, yeah. it's not, I'm 26 years old. My body does not feel like I'm any more than 20 mm-hmm. um and a lot of that honestly i'll be i'll be completely honest with you since since oakland when i broke my wrist i've only practiced three days uh Jeez. wow I've actually i have rode a couple press days yep uh but that's like what 20 minutes maybe right uh and i have press day again this weekend so i haven't rode again this weekend or this week but i'll ride press day uh at 7 a.m on friday but other than that man it's um I've I've just been more on the the cardio side in the gym, uh, the cycling, and then also the gym work, um, and just riding on the weekends. But when I come in on the weekend, I'm fresh and mm-hmm. I feel good. And I'm eager. I'm wanting to ride so bad on Friday, so that when I get there on the race day, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Like, let's let's go. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm a little bit sore, but I'll take <laughs> that little bit of soreness and have a good result rather than coming in tired and For you sure. know taking a main or something the alpha male in your in your rig there chris blows that's what i always call him because he's so he's such a gorilla i he's, just call him like he's just like the alpha male like uh, Kiefer, he, you're a pussy and just he's always zomb- zombie chris blows to yeah me. he's just um like and then you got justin i feel like justin's a little bit more metrosexual like me a little bit softer <laughs> you know a little more in touch with his feelings yeah 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 i wear skinny jeans with holes in my word holes right exactly yeah no, it shows up with like a you know some type of nice dressed up shirt with right. like you know Timberlands or something on, and like, yeah, that's not me. I wear, you know, some Nike, you know, Janowskis or something. Sure, and, sure. Yeah, um, uh, we're we're about as different as different kids. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Kiefer. You, you, All right, that's it. Okay. I told you, oh, and he he talked to you. See, in Denver, you walked right by him. He was like, I'm like, hey, does Steve talk to you? He's like, no, he just walked I didn't right see by him. him. I, it was dark. I didn't see him. All right. Yeah. I, there's no. There's no. I, I was a little bit. I'm not just that kind of waiting. I even went to. A, you know, I made the mistake, um, kind of. I went to the press conference in Denver, and there was three of us outside of the podium. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? I need the press. Like, I, I definitely need to get my word out a little bit. Yeah. I did. But I'll be honest. Like, I, I listened to your podcast, and like I told you, I just drove 30 yeah. hours total. And I would say two of those hours I listened to music. The rest <laughs> of it was listening to podcasts and all these things. And just catching up with old stuff. Like, that's right. kind of like what... I have a flight to Vegas tomorrow that's like four hours, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put the new podcast that you just did. The Monday show, right. Yeah, that's just what I do. There you go. Um, yeah, when, I, when you walked by and I, you didn't talk to me and then Kiefer said something, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm just kind of waiting for that day. Uh, that I, I never saw you. <laughs> I, I never noticed you. Yeah, it's dark. Uh, yeah, many reasons. There's no There's no reason for me to not, if I saw you, to not go up and talk to you and say hi and do whatever. Yeah, so. I appreciate that. I mean, but that's why when you hit me up about this, I was like, yes, absolutely, I'm in. Like, right, they, right. Uh, well, there's been I mean, so much... Back. There's been so much starling with the fantasy stuff lately, and the, and the text and everything else that I figure I gotta get a hold of you. I gotta get your I'm number. <laughs> follow back on Twitter too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Justin. And, well, I'm gonna still talk to you, but thanks. All right. Thanks, see you, Justin. All right. Yeah. See you, keeper.
Uh, that's Chris Keefe, everybody. So, uh, Justin Starling here, uh, FXR Racing, Race Tech, Suspension, Privateer, Island Life Podcast, number 87. Um, hey, so let's got, talk about the German series a little bit. Uh, obviously, Bowers was on here talking about that, too. Um, and I did the series in 99 as a mechanic, or 98, the winner of 98. Um, these things are unreal. They are, as we said in that podcast, make the main, not make the main one night, win the next night. Um, it is uh, tacky. It is tons of traction. Of course, Jason Thomas, our buddies, won this championship twice. It's a whole other deal for for motocross racing, isn't it? Yeah, we always say that. Like when you go to Stuttgart, it's like riding on play doh, right? Because right. there is no such thing as wheel spin. It is not <laughs> a thing to talk about. You can run a flat tire and you're still going to be all right. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Um, the racing is honestly, to me, it's so aggressive and so tight. Yep, and they still do longer, longer motos. So it's still like you still have to be on it the whole time. And I don't think you can do anything better than to brace those to get yourself ready for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a little bit of time out. They're spread out to where you can still come back home and do some testing, and then fly over for a weekend and race. Um, yeah, I personally love it. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've been like I said, I've been doing it for ten years. Yeah. Uh, I have a great relationship with the Casual Suzuki team over there. Um, I was Cole Martinez mechanic and Nick Schmidt's mechanic, or not mechanic, sorry, teammate. teammate. Yep. Um, yeah, and then also uh, Nick Schmidt's teammate, and yeah, it's it's a great atmosphere. The teams are great. Uh, it's it's a show. It's honestly that's what it is. Like the opening ceremonies, they put more effort into that than they do the racing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Dortmund. Wild. Dortmund, I remember, was nuts. Lasers and everything. Chicks, oh, lasers. Yeah, whole deal. Have seen the one at Kenneth. They had two chicks on these ribbon things hanging from the ceiling, like for <laughs> twenty minutes. And I'm just like, this is insane. You know, there's lasers going on, good music. I'm like, yeah. this is like, and then all of a sudden, five minutes after, we're doing a 15 lap semi qualifier. Yeah, you know, like it's pretty wild. But yeah, it's you can literally not make the main the first night, yep. and then win the second night. Like it's <laughs> it's the uh, it's the weirdest racing possible like i remember the first round stuttgart like lafrance or not lafrancois uh florent richier mm-hmm. heard the first night and we're just like damn like where did that come from second night didn't think well right right uh soups did it on a two-stroke for a while right soups is on a two-stroke uh i thought did he? i thought he did i thought he did i thought he did someone on two-stroke for a while i was just like or maybe it was richier was richier on a two-stroke uh soups no soups Kiefer Kiefer confirmed it was soups um, was it soup? Yeah, I don't know when, but what year it was. But it's just that that kind of series, right? Where you you got guys on two strokes and showing up and um Yeah, it's weird. Like those those guys know how to race that stuff too. So like if you don't beat someone, like like you see with Francois come over here and he makes the he makes the main. Yep. Uh but he goes over there and he can win. Yeah. Like it's it's wild. And, and what percent of what percent of your income you make in germany over the over this series like what, what how much of a chunk of money is this for you how much of a help is this for you well i'll tell you right now i don't mind talking about the, the money i make out of race because that's it's no problem right uh I, stuttgart and kennet um the team paid for everything except my start permit per round so i lost 300 bucks in start permit mm-hmm. um i went nine the first night fifth the second night in stuttgart uh, for seventh overall, and then in Chemnitz, I went five the first night, and then five the second night for fifth overall. I walked out of those two rounds with eighty five hundred dollars. Yeah, nice. So good work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was definitely a very good payday, and then those rounds don't even pay nearly as much as Dortmund. Dortmund, or if you right? Win the yeah. In a car. 
Yeah. You know, so. uh, when I went, the uh, Finnish guy won the won the Porsche. Kovalainen. Yeah. He won a Porsche. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 crazy money. Uh, missing Dortmund is definitely the toughest thing. I think Bauer said he made over fifty grand in Dortmund. Um, really? You think that much, huh? That's how much he made? That I mean, I'm not going to tell you what he told me exactly, but yeah. it was over fifty. Yeah. That just his respect, but it was over fifty. So it's because you also have a championship bonus. Yep. Um, you got all that. Like there's so much that you can add to it. Then you have per night. Then you have overall weekend. You know, like it just never ends. And then you have team bonus as well. Yeah. Although the downside is, as from what I've heard, like not not for you, you've been doing it so long and you're established there, or Bowers too. But if you're an American, at least when I went there too, when you're an American, you show up, and if you don't perform, the team would be like, "Yeah, you're done. You're done. Don't come back." Like you got to be cool. You you can't be a dick to these guys, and you gotta, you know, sort of respect them and respect the series. And and if you put in some results, you'll stay. But if not, they'll just say, "Yeah, your contract's over with. See you later." Yeah, and they and they understand. You coming over uh, is not the easiest thing, you know. Right. With sleep uh, with with changing to a different bike to, you know, suspension, mm-hmm. uh, etc. Like they they understand that. But if you go over there, and I, I have made the mistake before and didn't go for like two years, where I was over there, I did terrible. I was like, this thing sucks. This bike sucks. But I was immature. I didn't. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't ready to go. Yep. Uh, and I didn't. I didn't get brought back. You know, I was, I basically had to get to the point where I was like, Hey, can you please, like, I want to come back and race. And, yeah. and now when I go over there, like I have a great setting with the, with the team on the bike and everything. And it's, it feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, like if you, if you disrespect them after they just spent all that money to bring you over, they won't bring you back. And I have made that mistake to where I was like, man, this bike yeah. is shizer, which is shit, Scheiser, you know, yeah, and yeah. Was, that was my mistake. I was young. I was like 17 years old. Right. And I know to never make that mistake again. Yeah, when I was there, Skaggs was brought over Robbie Skaggs, and he they didn't like him, and he didn't like them, and they're just like, "Yeah, see you later, see ya." Like, yeah, no, that's because at the end of the day, they can find another person. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for them at all. If right. you get the opportunity to go, there's only like what fifteen people that can go per year. Yeah. So you get the opportunity to go, you take it, and you respect it. That's that's all you can really do. Uh, talking about money though, too. One of the things that's not so good for you is Husky contingency. Not that oh, good. Not, not good. Yeah, we, we talk about it every day because, I mean, even if you're at a KTM, which is like the partnering brand, <laughs> yes, you, you win the thing, it's 15 grand. You win on a Husky, you make 600 bucks. Yeah. No, I don't know what yeah. the deal is with Husky because Kiefer did a contingency story for us. He's done it for two years in a row, and, man, they just don't pay. I don't know what the deal is. No, it, we, I mean, I just got paid for the last four rounds together, and it was $2,200. And I was like, man, I could just went like 10 10 on a KTM and made more than that. Or Cowie. Cowie gets night show money. Oh, Cowie pays the best out of everyone. I yeah. actually went through uh, like last week and put them all together. Yeah, and just was looking at how much everything paid, and I was like, "Dude, Husky is the worst." Yeah, yeah, oh, by but, far, and by far, by the way, by far. Um, yeah, and I was like that's kind of a bummer, but the yeah. bike is good. So I kind of take you know taking gifts. Yeah, no, that's true. The bike, the bike is pretty good for sure. Um, hey, do you feel like you've had a you know you're happy so far with your career? You're happy with the way things are going? I feel like you're. Just under the radar of the factory guys, uh, many times you're the top sort of support team guy, uh, you know, 12th overall the last two years on the West Coast. Um, you happy with things have, been, things have been going so far? Yeah, I mean, to an extent. Um, I think when I was younger, I made the mistake of just not working hard. Um, right. I had in an amateur career, I had 42 amateur titles, and, and I kind of expected everything to be handed to me. Uh, my first year pro, I had signed two years for like 80000 a year with Suzuki City. So I was like, yep, I'm just killing it, you know. And then the team folded, and I pretty much had a reality check, you yeah. know. And uh, 
then my first year that I went, I signed, I filled it on a team that was really bad. The bike was terrible. I should have went on my own. You know, it's just kind of like that. So it's, I kind of shot myself in the foot for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm, I've been able to rebuild my program um, a good bit. Um, I haven't, I've been a privateer, I guess you could say, for a, a lot of it. Uh, I still consider you a privateer, even though, like you said, you get a salary and everything. Like, I, I did that Yamaha LCQ money thing, right? And I just yeah, gave you, up on I just gave up on privateering and figuring it out. So you're still a privateer to me. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm still there, but I, at the end of the day, I can now really say, like, the past couple of years, I've been able to get paid to race a motorcycle. Yep. But this year has been the breakthrough year for me, um, really, in the sense of I can make money racing a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it's, it's been okay. Um, we do have some factory parts in the bike, so I could say I got a little bit of factory this, a little bit of factory that. Yep, but, yep. Uh, yeah, of course, everyone's ideal is, is to be on a, on the TLD or a Geico or something like that is sure. definitely ideal. You know, that is, that is what I have dreamt of my, like my whole life. Um, you know, and I work my butt off to, to get there and, um, it, but at the end of the day, they, they, these guys have amateur riders for years. And oh, I, yeah, you're done. You're you're done. You're not going to get picked up by anybody. And nobody's going to get picked up by anybody for next fifteen no. years. And, and right. I sit here at the moto shop, and, and me and Jake Taylor were talking about it, and and he's like, you know, like why don't you get, you know, why don't you try to get on like Geico or something? I'm like, yeah, but they have riders for days. Yeah, like there's riders that are really good this year that probably won't have anything next year. And it's just the way that it is because these teams are just signing kids that are on 85s mm-hmm. and 60s. I'm like, why? You know, like, why? What's the point of that? Yep. Like, you have riders that are in front of you that can do it and that are mature and can can can, can do it. Like, that's all I can say is that we can make it happen. But you're signing these kids that are out of amateurs that still are, are in B class, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, we're not going to bring anyone else up because we have these guys. So it's, it gets frustrating. Oh, for sure. I, you know what? I'm really happy with my life. Um, I am able to have a vehicle. I'm able to make payments on it if I need to buy something. Right. Uh, house. You know. So I'm not sitting here saying like, "Oh, I'm struggling. Like this sucks." Yeah. I, no, I'm very. Yep. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. you know, Alex Ray. Alex, I got like Alex Ray. He's gonna make sixty thousand dollars this year, if not more. Um, right. Is that awesome? No. Is it a living? Yes. You're racing your motorcycle for a living, and you're making. You know, he's 20-whatever years old, and that's how much he's making a yeah, year. Like, there, it, yeah. You amount to say that we can race a motorcycle for a living. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I agree. I, if you would ask me that question three years ago, I would probably have <laughs> given you a different answer. But I've got, like I said, I've gotten a little bit older, and I've kind of looked at the big picture of things. And, you know, if I can go race a motorcycle without spending a dollar, and I can get, you know, regardless of what it is, and if I have to race for my money, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. that's what I, I'm a you know, so – I'll do whatever I can, but if I can go do it without spending any money, dude, I'm good. You know, yeah. like I'm happy with that. I, and yeah, of course, if I got a call to to ride for you know TLD or something, and they said, yeah, we pay you nothing, um, but we give you the bike, dude, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, like I'm not. I won't even say yes or no. Like I'm gonna be like, where do I fly? You know, how do I get there? When When do you want me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, almost feel though like there's been some kids that have been brought up for, for some teams and spent a lot of money on. And it hasn't been working out. It's not been working out. And I almost wonder, Justin, if uh, three, four years from now, you know, you'll be you'll be thirty by then, so it's over. But uh, you know, as far as that goes, I wonder if the the trend will will go back the other way. I almost wonder. I, I mean, I really hope so. I mean, it's great for these kids coming out of amateurs because they're very. I think it takes a lot of stress off them. 
but at the end of the day, man, like they don't know anything yet. You know, they have no idea. Like you can you can race amateur your whole life and and be killing it, and then you go pro, man. It's a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. It is a different a different thing. Yep. So yep. Yeah, I mean, I hope it goes back the other way for the sense of, you know, the say the kids that are in their, you know, mid-20s right now racing. Um, but What's knows, funny man. is you're out there you're out there in 8th uh, or ninth or whatever, but dicing with guys that are, you know, making 10 times the money you are and you're passing them yeah. or whatever, and it's just like, you know. The yeah. last 250 rounds, I've been the highest placing privateer. Right, right. You know, and I'm out here battling with kids that are, freaking going and buying brand new trucks and yeah and, and stuff and i'm driving a 2010 chevrolet moto van <laughs> you know? no you for know, sure I, man yeah I, no I, I agree i i there's one manager out there that every time one of his guys isn't doing it i'm texting him the results like just a photo of the results and he is just f my life he just fml back to me like you know he yeah. he knows you know so so i mean at the end of the day but, but i will say it makes you feel really good when you beat those guys yep. you're battling with guys um, but then, then you get home, you know, on Saturday night, you're like, yeah, man, I beat him. That's sick. You get home Sunday night and you're like, damn, man, like <laughs> that kid just drove home in his nice new pickup yeah. truck into a new house. And I'm just sitting here. You Still know, got my van. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I just had to pay parking at the airport. You know, yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's how it is. But I will say this, that Monday morning, it makes me want to work my butt off and beat him again. Uh, FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life, uh, Justin Starling, brought to you by Skosh, Maxis, and Namira, all on board with us. Uh, growing up in Florida as an amateur, did you know the Stewarts well? Did you ride with them much? You, I think your buddies with Mookie, right? Yeah, that's actually where I rode for quite a few years, um, pretty much every single day. That's what day. I thought, yeah. So, yeah. dude. Like it, um, that was kind of like the only facility, you know, there, that there really was, um, unless you were like the pro guys riding with Villapoto at his old place, which is now obviously Baker's. Um, that was kind of it. Um, I was lucky to be very close with Malcolm, um, and then the Stewarts as well, like just in the, as a, as a whole family. And, uh, yeah, I was able to spend a lot of time there. What's, do a lot of ride. What's your best Stu story? What's your best Stu story? What did he do? What, what, how, what did he do one day? Oh, I remember, I remember the first day. Like, I don't really have any like crazy stories other than like you can, I can tell you the, the typical where he would wheelie over something that I didn't think was possible. <laughs> um, but, I remember the first day that he rode his Segway around his entire Supercross track. Okay. Triple faces and everything. The first lap he did, this was actually pretty funny. First lap he did, he rolled over the top of the triple face. And you know how those Segways are, man. If you just get a little bit sideways, that thing will just take off. Yeah. He got to the tip of the thing, and it just went sideways. And it just looped him off the back of this thing. And this is mid-Supercross season two where he's, like, killing it, you know? Yeah. And we're just like, oh my God, like, he might be hurt, you know? Right. Other than that, yeah, no, like, no real stew stories just because he would show up, ride, and then and then leave. Yeah. You know, which, which is, you know, typical. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, me and Malcolm, we would play a lot of Xbox. Right. And then we would go ride dirt bikes for hours and hours and then ride or then go play some basketball or something, and then and, it, and James is like, "You guys are idiots. I'm just here to do my motos and go home." Yeah, that was it. He was the serious guy, and and me and Malcolm were sitting there joking around, and you know, but um, you know, look back on it, I wish I would have made me a little bit more serious. But dude, we those were kids, those jumps were so big out there. They were so big. Those outdoor jumps. Oh my god. I I I loved them, but I also hated them because after 30 <laughs> minutes and you're just hucking, you know, hundred. <laughs> Well, you case you're done. I like, know. 
want to do those anymore, man. So, like, when I started riding at Baggett with Blake when he finally got his facility here, uh, he had one big triple step up. And I remember, uh, I think it was Hampshire's bike had a problem mm-hmm. in the air and it stopped. And he just completely cartwheeled himself. And I was, I remember looking at Blake and just being like, so you still want big jumps? And he goes, we're taking the dozer out there now and taking it out. Yeah. Um, Red Dog was retired and testing for Stu at L&M. Brooks got him to do it. And Red Dog, I'm scared to death of riding out there. I'm scared to death of riding that James's outdoor track. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was like, so when I was a kid, I was, a, I jumped everything. Yeah. yeah. And I still now, but I think about it. <laughs> right. That, right. Didn't, about it i was like yep cool i this jump this bike will make the jump so let's go jump it then yeah crazy man yeah but i i can tell you right now compared to like what james used to have out there everything is very tame now right right right. yeah there was it was ridiculous a few times i've been there for sure that would have been for a really good gopros nowadays yeah the jumps you have where you just watch you could watch for 30 minutes and never get bored because he's just hugging 120 foot Mm -hmm. you know straight and then another 120 foot, and you're just like, wow. Yeah, you're just like, holy shit. Um, oh, he's throwing the bike completely upside down. How tired of you are, are you of asking uh, getting questions about wife wife swap television show? Uh, it's not so bad. Um, <laughs> for a while though, I, you had to have been like, look, I don't, I don't want to talk about it for for a good bit. And I even still, so that, that episode just aired like, oh, did it? Okay, yeah, it just aired, and I can always tell when it airs because I just start getting the most random followers, and it's like you know, two hundred at a time, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Uh, and then I put it together when all the comments come in, like, just watched you on Wife Swap, so cool that you're still stuck, like stuck with it, and I'm like, yeah, that actually is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. Yeah, I usually just respond back with "What's wife swap," and then it goes on the whole thing. They're like, oh man, you should see it. This kid's got this track in his backyard. I'm like, oh, that's sick. Dude. And they're like, yeah, you have name as him. I'm like, man, small world. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, I, I could send you some screenshots where I just had a conversation like a week ago of just saying that stuff. I'm just like, man, that's crazy. Like, I got to see this episode. Who is this and guy? So, they have no idea. They're like, oh, wait, that's... really? You know, I'm like, yeah, no, man, that's not me. That's awesome. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I weekend and i didn't say something about it too yeah um well thanks for the time justin i really appreciate it uh, fxr racing race tech suspension privateer island life uh thanks for the time appreciate it i think it's been a good season for you even though like i said those injuries kind of hurt you but lately you've been you're hitting your stride and in the 450s i think you've been riding well and helping out public yeah. fantasy people so it's been it's yeah. been a good year yeah yeah i i have nothing nothing to say bad about it yeah the injury sucks but like i told you i think it was a blessing for me to to restart i would say the last bit of my career so i'm uh you know full steam ahead and i know what i want and i'm not gonna stop till i get there awesome man well thanks very much for the time appreciate it good luck we'll see you this weekend in vegas all right all right sounds good thank you thanks man